Welcome to the firehouse. I'll try that one more time. I'll give you a cue. Um, good morning. All right. Good. Good work, guys. Um, let's see. We're. Uh, let's see. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. Trying to figure out what's what we want to do first here. I'm looking forward to, to talking about this this morning. If you're new with us, I'm glad you're here. You you picked a good time to show up and kind of hear what's on our heart, what we're all about here. So. Um, and uh, make yourself at home. Feel free to grab another cup of coffee if you need to here. And I would take a refill except for I left my cup behind. But uh, uh, let me see. Any other announcements? The only other thing I think of is, is March Madness is in the air. How many of you are enjoying March Madness? A few of you? Kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, I, um, I don't know. How many of you have a busted bracket already for March Madness? Amen. All right. If you're like me and you pick New Mexico State to win it all again, you're disappointed again. So, uh, no, this year I actually did not pick them to win a game, and sure enough, it paid off. So, um, but it sounds like some fun upsets going on, depending on who you root for there. But anyways, um, we've got plenty of madness going on around here without basketball, too. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump into uh, our talk for this morning here. I'm excited about what we're going to look at and uh, the plans God has for us here. So anyways, let's just pray one more time. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for bringing us together this morning. Thank you just for a chance to... um, uh, come together as the church to worship you and to carry one another's burdens. And thank you that you meet us where we are every day and um, that you came after us, Lord, that you pursue us. Even while we were sinners, you, you died for us. And, and we just thank you for your love. And God, help us to respond to your love back, back to you and to one another. And Lord, I pray that you meet us this morning and really catch our hearts for what you want to do for this church, where you want to lead us as a church. And God, I think there's some exciting plans, and and yet without our eyes on you, they could be scary plans or sad plans, and and we just ask that you would meet us here, give us your heart, your perspective, lead us um, forward into your glory. We just pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... um, this morning we're going to talk about the, really the vision for our church, especially as it relates to the next couple months here. So if you've been around for a while, you might have heard some of this. Some of these things won't be new thoughts. And if you're new with us, well, you kind of get to hear where we're at as a church and where we think God wants to take us here. So um, we are calling it um, the vision for casting two nets. And so we've got a, let's put this first verse up here. I'm going to read a passage, really going to use a passage here in Luke um, chapter 5 to frame our discussion here this morning. So if you have a, if you have a Bible that's made out of paper, you can pull that out. If you have the electronic Bible stuff, you can do that too. If you're texting, we'll, we'll know. We, we, we monitor the sound waves here. Um, just joking. Uh, but anyways, we'll read, uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, and just going to read the passage there, the first passage down to the end of that story there, uh, verse 11. And then we're just going to pull out a few thoughts here this morning to kind of talk about what we feel like God is, is doing in our church and where he's leading us here. But, um, so Luke 5, chapter 1. It says this, uh, I'm reading from the New Living here, just in case we have a different uh, version you're reading from, but... One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. 
Stepping into one of the one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Now go out where it is deeper. Let your nets let down your nets to catch some fish." Master, Simon replied, "We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again." And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they had landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So there's a a few things that we are just going to draw out of this story here. But um, we're talking about casting two nets. We really feel like the plan God has for us as a church is to, to let down the nets. And to let down the nets in two locations. And now if you've been with us for a number of years, we've let down the nets a few times. We've probably looked at this passage a few times. And uh, I think about one time when we uh, maybe had Valley View Church merge with us several years ago. We thought, you know, we're, we need to have two services. We need to have like the 9 o'clock and the 11. And there was another time where we thought, well, we need the Saturday nights and the, and the Sunday. And, and we didn't just think them up. We felt like God led us into those expressions. And um, we've done nets of different sorts along the way. And yet, we feel like God is calling us to do nets again. And so, um, in some ways, I, I feel like the words that Peter has to say here resonate with me. And, and maybe they do with you as well. But he's kind of like, Lord, we, we've done this. We've tried this. We've put effort into something like this. And you're saying to do it again? Okay. Because, you're, because you ask. I, I love this phrase here. Literally, um, upon your word. Lord, because you're requesting, I will do as you say and let the nets down. And we feel like as a church, God's calling us to let the nets down again. And the nets in this case is going to be um, really two nets that we're talking about. And we'll talk a little more about that. Maybe you've been with us on the journey here. And if not, we'll give you a little uh, overview of it. But, you know, some of the reasons why. It's not just like, hey, let's just randomly try this. Do two things at once, two locations or whatever. It's, it's, there's reasons for it. Um, one of the verses we, or one of the points we have here is really, we feel like God wants us to get the gospel out in, in two locations instead of just one. It's twice as many uh, opportunities for that, uh, which we talked about this series. We just came off a series on the marks of a disciple, but one of the marks is that we're on mission. We're sharing the gospel. We're taking up our cross. Um, the next one, you know, another reason why is because we would be able to make more disciples that way. Be able to, again, use two parts of our church to, to win people to Christ and teach them how to follow Christ and to, to baptize in, in two parts of town where someone might not make the long trip up from the south side. or um, you know. So we just feel like it's twice as many opportunities. The next verse here is, um, this is from Ephesians 5.16, but it says that we should be making the most of every opportunity. And we really believe there's an opportunity to be casting the nets 
not only here in the Highlands neighborhood, but down on the south side of town. And it's also in line with our our vision. We feel like the purpose of this church, which we've shared before, is to reach the world with Jesus starting here. And, And I don't know if you... Don't know the naming scheme of the firehouse church. Uh, often people say, you know, well, this was an old firehouse, right? This fire station here. And we're like, no, it was not. But, but we made it look like that on purpose. We happen to have a pastoral architect in the midst here. And, and we made it look like a fire station because, well, you know, it works better with the firehouse church. Um, but... We also, one of the reasons we did it is, you know, because we know we're on a rescue mission. Jesus laid down his life and he said, hey, if you're my followers, I want you to lay down your life to reach others with what I died for. And, and that heart is, is our heart as a disciple here. And, you know, one of the, when we first came to town, we had this vision. It's about, uh, oh, this, really, this March, 11 years ago, we sent a team, a spring break team down to this busy, crazy city of Denver, Colorado. We were from Fort Collins, a a more uh, relaxed, laid-back, controlled environment there. And we sent this team down to the inner workings of Denver. And um, we are exploring just the opportunity to start a church. And when we checked it out, we thought, you know, there's opportunity to start a church in the heart of the city. There's a lot of big churches in, in different places in the suburbs, but it really seemed like for single people and younger people and young couples that there was a need for a church like ours in downtown Denver. So we began, and the Firehouse Church, you know, the idea of being a church centered on God and a passionate relationship with God, and God's Word is like fire. And, you know, those were different reasons why we chose fire, firehouse, house of prayer. Um, But one of the things that that I thought about was, I love how fire stations are, you know, there's, there's a different numbered station in a neighborhood near you. You know, like down the street here, what do we have over here is firehouse number eight, number seven? Anyone know right there on 38th? Seven. Fire station number seven right there. And then there's, you know, fire station number 52 down there by, uh, you know, I don't know, Littleton. And there's, um, but the way they're set up, it's not like there's just one gigantic fire station that services the entire city. Um, because that would be hard to get to some places in the city quickly if there was a fire. So they have it in, in neighborhoods. And we thought, you know, isn't the local church supposed to be something like that? Where you serve a neighborhood near you. And you can reach out to people in your neighborhood. And you can be a light in your neighborhood. And, you know, when we initially uh, registered the church with the state of Colorado, we, we reserved the word, uh, the firehouse church. And we reserved the word firehouse number one. With the thought that we would add firehouse number two and firehouse number three. And, you know... The numbers, the options are unlimited, really. Um, but, uh, but after a period of time and realizing building a church and winning people to Christ is hard work and we're still firehouse number one, we thought maybe we ought to drop the numbering system and let's just be the firehouse church. And uh, I like to joke sometimes, I think that's what it must have happened with the first Baptist church. You know, they came to town, they had the first Baptist church. And they never got the second and the third. And the, uh, I have seen a second Baptist church on occasion. I'm just like, that is an interesting name. I, I don't know. Um, but the, the heart of our church was to be maybe smaller churches that serve different neighborhoods in the part of Denver. And, and really, you know, uh, it's been a little slower going than we thought. Along the way, we've sent a team out to start a church in Manhattan, Kansas. And last year, we sent a team out to start a church in Stillwater, uh, Oklahoma. And... But, you know, it kind of seems like God's plan for us is not to become a megachurch that is going to reach the entire metro area from one central location, but that maybe we would serve different parts of, of the city. We went on a, a retreat uh, this last May 
a year ago, this coming May, a number of us as pastors went up to the mountains and just sought God on, God, what is your plan for this church? It's your church. What, what do you want to do here? And through prayer and seeking God in his word, and we had a, you know, a regional pastor with us as well, we, we came away with the idea that we, we thought God wanted us to become one church serving three locations within three years. And the three locations we had thought might be a possibility are our current location and a south side location and a north side location. Because over the time, you know, we, we had the Valley View Church was on the north side, joined in with us. And, and there was people from the Parker side of town, Prairie View, that joined with us. And we thought, well, maybe we could relaunch some things. And so last summer, some of you know, we, we did an exploration. We spent three months in three locations. And, and we just had a plan. Let's explore these three locations for three months, the summer months, and see what happens. And by the time those three months were done, we figured out some things. We figured out some things. I think Brad and some of the guys, Tim, up north realized the north location is probably not the next natural step. Uh, many from the north find this location very central to get to and, and enjoy coming here and didn't seem like that's one. But as we explored the south side of town, we realized, you know, there, there's a core of people down that, that commute from the south. Um, and it looks like there could be a team to launch something down there. And so over time, we've thought, well, maybe the Highlands location is great. We've tried Saturday night, Sundays. God is continuing to bring visitors here. Um, but we've also since, you know what, he might have us do something on the south side of town. And so um, that's why we're feeling like God has led us in this idea for a number of months now. We've been praying and seeking spirit-filled counsel and looking to God's word on, is this something you'd have us to do? And it really seems like um, God has, has led us in this direction. And so, you know, when I come back to this passage here, uh, a couple of things I just want to, to draw out is just that Peter, at the time, you know, he just was like, Lord, we've done this, we've tried this, and we'll do it again if you ask us to. And I think we're at a place as a church where we feel like we're doing this because God is leading us into this. Now, we know that story goes on to say that the catch of fish was so amazing and overwhelming, and, you know, we, we have no guarantees of that. Our part is to obey, and God's part is to do whatever he wants to do. We know he is able to, to flood this location with visitors and, and start something that has a lot of visitors on the south side of town. And, you know, that's his deal. Our deal is to obey, and we really feel like he's leading us into launching this. And, um, and yet in obeying, I think it can be, um, you know, it can be a little challenging when we look around and we kind of go, well... We're not a mega church, and so to send a bunch of people to start something on the south side of town is, is not an easy thing to do. Um, and, you know, to obey, sometimes when you're a, a church like this, we really are a church family. Sometimes people throw around that idea of being a church family. I really think we are a church family. And when someone like David shares his heart for the, the Nielsens and his sister Michelle, we all feel that. I don't know about you, but I've... I felt this is, that's my sister too. And, and we are a loving family. And so sometimes the idea of taking something that you like and enjoy and somehow uh, making two out of it and going, we're going to start something there, but I really like this. You know, that's a hard thing to obey in. And our resources are, are not, uh, it's not forcing us to, to do that either. And so, but, you know, I think just, um, just in sharing my heart on this, um, I just get a sense, guys, and as pastors, we've talked and we've prayed, we get a sense God wants us to do this, to, to have two nets. And one way is that we're going to be one church. It's kind of like having a boat. I was trying to think of an analogy. Well, how do you have two nets? 
that are so far away, you know. Um, it's kind of like having a boat that's like 45 minutes long and, you know, you got nets on one side of the boat and nets on the other. And we're going to be in the same boat, but yes, there's going to be some distance there. And it's not going to be one side of the boat. It's probably not going to be seeing the other side of the boat as much. And yet we're going to be fishing for for Christ still together, the same heart to get the good news out and make disciples and doing it as one. And, um, you know, I just hope you catch that. Yes, is it going to be easy? Uh, No, it's going to be hard. There's going to be some sacrifices and it's going to take faith. And yet, it always, I think it comes back to, we feel like God wants us to do this. Jesus, this is Jesus' church and we think this is what he wants us to obey him in. And so we've you know, we're continuing to share this, and, and we've been talking about this at the beginning of the year. In January, we said, you know, we're trusting God for the laughable. And one of the laughable things might be this year, God would want us to start another location. And so here we are a number of months later into that, and, and we think God has given us plans for the laughable here as well. And so um, let me see. We're going to look. And so, you know, the reason why, again, is we just feel like God is, is calling us to this here. Um, the how, I'm going to talk about the how, and then I'm going to talk through our, our team of pastors who, who God has put together here in this. But um, on the how, you know, we've got some plans, again, that we feel like God has given us. I love this proverb here. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Uh, I think another version says, commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will be successful. We've committed these to the Lord. We've sought Him. We've prayed. A number of you joined us in prayer and fasting last week just to go, God, we, we want your will. We want your blessing. And, and so some of the plans here, let's look at them. Um, you know, so in a nutshell, here, here would be the game plan. The why we're doing this and what we're aiming for, we're, we're aiming to be one church serving two locations, eventually three locations within three years. But the how is starting on Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. Set your watches, right? Um, no, we already did time change. Um, next Sunday, Palm Sunday, bring, bring your branches with you. Um, no, I, I don't think we're going to do that either. But... Um, we're going to start being one church that is serving two locations. Uh, the next point here. So we'll be the firehouse with the Denver Highlands location. In a lot of ways, our Highlands location is going to be like the headquarters. We've got a building that God has led us to renovate and use. We have office space and things like that. And I think the goal will be to continue to use this as a headquarters and, and really to maximize some of the opportunities God's given us in this neighborhood with people who are visiting, with um, you know, new people are moving into the new condos and things going up here. And just so many God-given opportunities that we want to make the most of this opportunity. And yet we also feel like God wants... Here's... Uh, pulled this off the website here. Isn't it fun to see your own information on the website sometimes? Uh, on when you Google it. Um, I was just Googling it at this the other day. And I uh, thought I'd cut and paste it here. But um, it's cool. You know, that's our, our headquarters location here. God has established this. Um, but we're, we feel like he wants us to start one on the south side of town. Some people have asked, well, where exactly is south? And I've got a few pictures to help you uh, see where south is. Let's see uh, the next picture. So there's a little red dot down at the bottom corner there. So um, I don't know if you know where Castle Rock is. Uh, if you know where the Pinery is, Elizabeth is just off the screen over there by Kansas a little bit. Um, but that dot kind of represents the intersection of Parker Road and Highway 86. So Highway 83 and 86. And we have a, a place reserved there, a community room reserved there. We'll talk to you more about that in Franktown. Um, so... Let's see. Here, I, I pulled it up on Google Maps. Last night, when there was no traffic, and I was sitting here alone, and I think Ned was working in the cafe, it's 45 minutes to get from here to there. 
during the daytime, during rush hour, it's about three hours to get from here to there. Um, 45 minutes to get down to the Franktown Fire Station. Um, let's see another picture here. I think we got a picture of Greg and I. We, uh, we went down there a couple weeks ago and just uh, were, were checking out the location. We knew it was a potential there, but right out the place that we have reservations at is the, the Franktown Fire Station, uh, Franktown Fire Department. It's also attached to the Franktown Museum where they have a community room that we um, are going to be able to use. We've re- reserved it for the next several months here, so we got to take a picture there. Um, this is the Cutting Edge Cafe. So uh, the whole idea of, uh, you know, Denver's best church coffee don't picture this, because uh, you go out there to that cafe, but we've got a cafe that, by God's grace, we're going to make the most of. Uh, there's another picture here, the Sunday school. We've got upgrades and Sunday school toys. This is, uh, this is actually in the museum there, and I told the lady in this place, I was like, you don't mind if the kids wander around the museum, and she's like, don't let them near that, you know. Um, just, but, you know, it's fun that there's a museum attached there as well. Um, another picture here. This is a picture of the meeting space there, just a... A number of features to draw out. That tile floor, that is cutting edge tile. At least it was back in the 60s. Um, the view is unbelievable. The chairs, it comes fully equipped and furnished. Um, but the, the best thing about this room, I don't know if you see it, this room is free. This room is free for the next two months. And, and it has a conference room where kids can be and stuff like that. But uh, just try to picture the freeness of this room if you would. Um, but... Let me see, what's the next picture here? Okay, so back on that picture. Oh, there we go. So, um, so anyways, um, you know, the ex- one of the fun things about this, as we were exploring where to go, there's different schools and different things like that, but the Franktown Firehouse Museum was, one, it's cool that it is actually a fire station. We could say it was not only looks like a fire station, but it really is a fire station. I don't just play one on TV here. You know, it is a real fire station down there. Um, and it's, again, it's free. We didn't have to pay extra rent for this. Uh, first come, first serve, we've reserved it. And so that's where we're going to be meeting starting Palm Sunday. And, and we're going to be having these two locations. In some ways, it's going to be two different expressions of the same church. I, I like to joke that this is the... Um, you know, this is kind of the, this is the urban firehouse location, and that would be the suburban. This is the city location, and that would be more like the country location. Um, and so, kind of like the old story of the city mouse and the country mouse, you know, um, we're, I, I think, down south, if you while we're at Franktown, it could bounce around to Parker and other places, but in Franktown, you could wear a straw hat there, and you'll be just fine. You'll be right. I've got to buy one of those. Um, but... Um, <laughs> So, you know, in some ways, it's, it's going to be two different expressions of one church. And, you know, there's going to be different seasons of life. You know, in some ways, this neighborhood is a, a trendy, a hip, a dual income, no kids, or young families. And, and that's a lot of this neighborhood. And obviously, we have a mix. And down on that side of town, it's more of a families with 5 to 13 kids and things like that. And there's some... But there's also single people there and stuff. And, and so there's different seasons, different expressions. You know, I think about the song that, I don't know if my wife's been singing or has been playing in our house here, but uh, you heard this song like, that girl, she's gone country or something like that. You know that song? That's, that's going to be one of our worship songs down there. We've gone country, you know? We, we've gone country. And so we're going to have two different expressions here. Um, 
But we're going to be doing it as one church. We've got one pastoral team. We've got one teaching schedule coming up where you're going to see, you're going to see initially, uh, you know, Greg up here the first couple weeks and then me down south. And then we're going to have Brad and Dennis and Tim. We're going to have a, a team teaching schedule as one church. And so we're, we're going to be staying connected that way as well. But um, a part of that, I, I wanted to talk through our team of, of pastors. Sometimes people go, you know, how many pastors do you got around here? It seems like everyone's a pastor. I don't know, you know. Um, uh, we do have a number of pastors for the size of church we are, we are but um, I thought I'd talk through kind of each one of our, our roles on the team here. I pulled this one um, off our website here, and um, this, is, this is the team that we have, and, and yet, you know, there's some different roles and capacities and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to start over on, uh, what side is this as you face it? I'm going to start, we're going to work from age to beauty here, so we'll start uh, from the right, and we'll work our way to the left here. Um, but... Just joking, Dennis. <laughs> You're a beautiful man, and you have a little uh, age with you as well. So, uh, but uh, and then I've done this multimedia extravaganza. So, Nick, if you could unveil the first point there. Woo! All right. Um, so, you know. Obviously, I was a part of starting this church 11 years ago and uh, brought a team down. I remember Rick Whitney, one of our regional guys, said, Hey, why don't you think about bringing a team of people? We had a, a church with a large group of college students that were graduating. He said, Why don't you bring a number of college students down here and start this church? And, and, and so we did. And um, that was really, like I said, 11 years ago, this, this past, well, this March, we did a spring break team. And then we had a summer team all summer. And then that fall, we opened the doors of our church with, um, I think, first attendance was 18 people. It was in our apartment in, in Commons Park West, just down the hill here. And um, But I, I've been full-time as a pastor with the Firehouse Church from the beginning there. Um, and you know, I'm going to be helping uh, a lot with the south side of things here. I'm going to be helping team up with guys down there. We've been commuting for the last number of months down south to be a part of the south side small group. Um, we, you know, just been thinking we, we could help spearhead something there. This is the headquarters and that's going to be more like an outpost and we've got to pioneer the outpost and I've kind of signed up to help with that and uh, you know eventually depending on how things go instead of commuting down there it might be the case that I would be commuting up here and commuting up to, to come to the office and hop on the light rail to get to the office. I, I've never been a commuter but I might join some of you in the ranks of commuting as well. So you know that's just um, kind of some of my world. Um, we've got Brad next here. Um, Brad is also a pastor and elder. Um, you know, we're going to look at one of the verses related to this, but Brad is bivocational. So um, not to be confused with bivocational. Um, that's two vacations a year, two large vacations a year. Um, no. Um, bivocational means Brad is full-time in, he's, he's got a full-time job that's outside of the church. He's a full-time computer designing, programming, overseeing, architect, something or another with software. Um, and, you know, uh, but he does that full time. And his employer expects a lot out of him and things like that. And yet his other job, the bivocational side of it, is he's also a pastor. And he's, he's on our team of pastors and elders here as well. And so, you know, he's going to be helping out a lot here in this location and helping pioneer some of the young family stuff that's going on as, as they've added their second kid. There's others that are also pioneering and adding first kids. And, and there's a real exciting world there that, um, you know, Brad's going to be a part of as well. But but again, he's bivocational, so with, with whatever avail- extra availability he has. You know, I was supposed to be inviting you guys up. Should I invite you guys up? Why don't you guys welcome Brad up here? Come on down. 
at a height of 5'10", and a great rebounder, Brad Alber. Um, okay. Then we have Greg. <laughs> Greg, let's see. We got Greg is also, some of you know, we, uh, Greg's been, he was on staff for a year as a deacon. We um, officially ordained him last uh, September, October. Greg, what was that? September, there you go. Um, and, and you know, Greg's also going to be helping with the, the Highlands location here to really, I think in a lot of ways, help take things to the next level, to, to maximize things. If you know Greg at all, he's a very creative. Uh, you know, he's, he's an architecture by, by training, by degree, by multiple degrees, I think. Um, but I think that creativity is going to really help to uh, see things go to the next level here as far as ways to, to grow in efficiency and influence and things in the neighborhood here. So, um, but anyways, why don't you welcome Greg up here. Come on down. Very good. And then uh, uh, next one I want to talk about here, we, we have Tim and Dennis. And Tim has been uh, a pastor for a number of years here. Um, Tim was with Valley View Church and Northside Church before that, I think. And uh, Tim, why don't you come on up here? We'll give you a welcome. I'll talk through him. And Dennis, where's Dennis? Dennis, why don't you come on up here too? You can scoot on over this way, guys. Um, and you know, we've got uh, we've been dialoguing with Tim and Dennis and, and John Meyer in our region here, and you know, we've got a, a term we've been working through. Dennis and, and Tim have served as pastors for a number of years. We joked, I think, last time we introduced them. Between the two of them, they've pastored for over a hundred years, and. Uh, Dennis is 75 of those, so it's, uh, <laughs> and I think between the three of us, Brad and Greg and I, we're, we're under 20 years, or we're 21, 22, somewhere in there, but, uh, um, but you know, Tim and, and Dennis, this idea of uh, pastor emeritus, they've always you know, spoken about having a supporting role in the church here. And they, they have years of, of wisdom and experience. They're men of character. And, um, and yet this idea of pastor emeritus is, is the idea of, of recognizing their character and their wisdom and their experience. And yet the full responsibility of, of being in uh, uh, the meetings, all the meetings and things like that, um, to oversee the whole church, you know, they... Um, Pastor Emeritus means they can bring to bear their, their wisdom and uh, experience, and we've invited them to join in all the meetings, and yet there's a capacity thing, too, that, you know, uh, they're both extremely busy right now and uh, are making the most of their time, and so uh, I think it has the, the dignity and the respect of a, a pastor and an elder, and yet it doesn't have the responsibility, the full responsibility that God has given uh, the rest of us as elders here, and so we are blessed to have them. Each one of them, you know, if, if you don't know Dennis, he's kind of tied in a little bit to the south side of things here, um, and, uh, and Tim to the north side of things, and they're really going to help bring a lot of support to bear in those locations. They're going to do things, they'll be on the teaching schedule, um, do a, equipping and training. Um, between the two of them, they're uh, two extremely gifted evangelists as well. They're going to be helping train us to, to grow in that, and um, also would be available for counseling, a number of significant ministry opportunities, and yet without the, the burden of having to sit in on all the meetings um, that are for running the ins and outs of the, the whole church. And so that's really kind of our, our team here. And let me see, what do we have the next one? I've got, um, I just want to share a verse here as we're thinking about it. Um, you know, I'm going to be helping... Uh, with the south side of things and, and working with Dennis down there. I went to a Franktown Elementary School a couple weeks ago and, you know, I just mentioned his name and like 
there was a standing ovation just happened down there. It was kind of like, he's, he's got a name, he's connected in the community down there. But, uh, you know, I've been getting to know Dennis more and more here as I've been commuting down that way. But really with Tim and, and Brad and Greg here, they're going to really help spearhead this location. And, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, even with, with Brad and Greg here, um, Brad has been a pastor now for... Did we lose count of it? I did. Six, I seven, years. seven years. Okay, and and Greg, this is his first year of pastoring, you know, and so we're we're throwing him to the wolves here a little bit, but uh, uh, no, but you know, I just thinking about these guys, and I know Tim and Dennis are going to be a huge support, but but when I think about you who are going to be laboring in the Highlands location, um, you know, Greg's going to be using a lot of his full time capacity to help take things to the next level here, and, and Brad's going to be using all the extra bandwidth he has in that endeavor too. And, and yet they're, they're younger pastors. They don't have the, the years of these two guys added up. None of us had the, the experience added up there. Um, but my thought, one of the verses I just wanted to share to you related to these guys and supporting them in their roles. And, you know, even as, as Greg is working full time in this capacity. But the verse would be true for, for both of them is um, uh, Hebrews 13, 17 here is a classic one on how to relate to leaders in, in church leadership. And it says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage um, to you. And I think of their roles as being pastors and elders. And um, I would just encourage you to, to support these guys and work together with them and make their work a joy. Because if, if they're... Uh, feel joyful about working together with whoever it is, you know, they're going to be a, a real benefit and a blessing. And they're going to be praying, Lord, bless that person because they're su- such a blessing to me. Refresh them because they refresh me. But if it's a burden, you know, I, I know they're going to be praying for lightning or fireballs or something to come down. And No, that's not true. But um, But the point is that when you make their work a joy, there is a benefit that God will bring to you through them. And I, I just would ask that you be, be praying and be a blessing as they work to carry this out. And, and if you're on the south side of the equation, you can do the same thing down there as well and be a blessing to, to, to us also. But um, anyways, uh, I just wanted to present the team to you here. Greg's going to close the time with, we talked about the why we're doing this and the how, and he's going to wrap it up so, with some, some now. Like, so, so now what? Um, and so, so anyway, why don't you guys just give a round of applause for these guys here. And... I'm going to pull this stuff off here. Thank you. This mine as well. There we go. All right. Am I on? All right. So that was the first half. Hope you brought lunch. I'm just kidding. All right. So I had just a few things. Now. What Now. That's probably the question on everybody's mind. What do I need to do now? Well, I have a few things, and they, I think they tie back to things we've been talking about in the past couple months. We've talked about discipleship and the things going on. Um, the first one is that we're going to need bond servants in two locations. There's a verse here, Galatians 1.10. Apostle Paul says, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. I love that. Right? We talked about what's a bondservant. A bondservant is essentially a slave. As believers, we're essentially slaves to what Jesus wants us to do joyfully because of what he's done for us. And so a bondservant, a believer, is so committed to Christ that he or she is not trying to please men or somebody else. 
And so our attitude, whether you're in the South or whether you're here, it needs to be that we're seeking to please God. We're not seeking to please men. It's great. So what pleases God? Well, I think there's a lot of things that please God, but I thought I'd talk about two of them real quick here. The first one is flexibility. I love this passage, 1 Corinthians 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 23, and I love how the message puts it. It says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I love that. I want to be in on it. I want to be in on it. That does not translate to, let's do it my way. I want to be in on what God's doing. That's what we need to do if we want to be flexible. And so, that's my question to you. Are you going to be willing to be flexible to do whatever's needed to be part of this? We've got a couple things immediately here. Um, one, some of you know there's a mission team coming from Nebraska. They arrived tonight. They're going to stay all week. They're going to help us in both locations. Um, but right here at this location, we have a need. Uh, um, we got some projects going on. And actually, at, at Rich's house, there's going to be a project this week as well as he tries to get his house shaped up to possibly sell it. So we need some tools. Rich could really use a shovel, some shovels, some rakes, some wheelbarrows. Um, surely some of you have those who you'd be willing to loan them to Rich for the week. Um, and right here, we're going to be doing a little bit of construction, some light construction around this building. I could really use, this is a really small thing, could really use an impact screw gun or two. could really help us with some things. So if you have those, talk to us. Another immediate need we have is Sunday school. We are going to, as Rich said, we're in the process of revamping things and revitalizing things, and, and Sunday school really fits into that, and we're going to be doing that gradually. But in the meantime, we have not signed up Sunday school teachers and helpers for April and May, or for next week. So a number of you, a few weeks ago, we did a, a survey, and you said, yeah, we'd like to serve and, and teach Sunday school. I have here a very empty sign-up list. I could really use your help, or I, I don't know, I'll, I'll be bringing the kids in next week or something, we'll do Sunday school in here. So please come find me if you're doing that. Um, if you signed up and said, I'd like to do this, I've never done it before, please come sign up. I'll talk to you about it. We'll help you get trained before you, we're not just going to throw you in with the wolves, with the children. We won't do that. If you are interested in doing that and you hadn't signed up or hadn't let us know, definitely come talk to me. We'd love to get you plugged in with that. Um, and then there's other serving teams. A number of you signed up and said, I'd be really interested in Serving coffee in the cafe, being part of Denver's Best Church Coffee. Um, some of you said, I'd really love to, to volunteer to meet new people and follow up with visitors here. You're going to hear from those if you haven't heard already from those leaders. If you signed up and said, I want to do that, follow through and do that. That's my encouragement. And for those of you in the South, all of these things are probably going to be a little bit simpler. Yet, it's going to be all hands on deck. And I think you all know that. And I'm saying that for everybody's benefit. You guys know it's a chance to be flexible. A chance to really work hard in that location, that environment. Second thing I think about that pleases God is humility. It's a verse in Mark 9.35. Anyone who wants to be first must be very last and the servant of all. And so I think there's a humility that applies to a lot of things, but I think there's a humility we need to have 
when it comes to, we've got two locations and we have a mothership and we have an outpost, and, but we're going to be sharing resources and we need to have a humility as we share those resources. As Rich talked about, we're sharing leadership. We're sharing core values. We're sharing our mission. We're sharing our finances. I love that idea of the small firehouses all over the station. We're sharing that. We have to work together as a team. We have to be humble as we do that. You know, there's going to be certain aspects of the language that will be the same. Probably some of our graphics will be the same. Our worship will be very similar. Our methods of church are going to be similar. Other things are going to be different. That cafe is going to be very different. And that's good. That's good. But humility means taking all of that, all that's the same, all that's different, and rolling with it. That's my question to you. Are you going to roll with it wherever you're at? What else is needed now? In addition to being bond servants, I think we need to be fishers in two locations. Remember the verse in Mark 4, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I like to think of that as architects of men, probably because of my background. But what does that look like? What is fishing? What is architecting? Which isn't even a word, right? What does that look like here at the Firehouse Church? Well, I think part of it is an intentional invitations to people. And some of that is, is random invitations too as well. We have flyers. We have 15,000 flyers that are going to go out this week. That mission team is going to do it. Please, there's two stacks on the table back here. One for this location, one for the south location. Grab some of those. Be intentional. Invite people to come to church. In addition, we got to be fishers with people who are new. A number of you are new here, and we're, we're glad you're here. But one of our goals is to try to greet and befriend and have follow-up conversations with all of you. Another thing, I think, is a principle, as we need to think about as we join in here, is that we want to make a conscious effort to be contributors, not consumers. One really simple thing is going to be sitting in the front, not sitting in the back, folding your arms. Uh, this week, we're going to clear this room out and mop the floor and get it all cleaned up, and we're going to have less chairs in here next week, and it's going to be a different pattern. And I would encourage you, sit as close to the front as you can. That's a very simple thing. Another thing, go back to serving and thinking about, am I a contributor, am I a consumer? I would encourage you... When you serve, serve regularly. Serve to where it stretches you. Ask yourself, if I'm just serving in one thing once in a while, ask yourself, am I really contributing? Could I contribute more? Or am I really just a consumer who's doing that under the guise of being a contributor? It's a question for you to ask. And I really think contributors are unified with their church and consumers are not. And we're aiming for unity here. What else is needed? In addition to being a bondservant, in addition to being fishers, I think we need to have faith expressing itself through love in both locations. Right? That's from Galatians 5.6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And now some of you who are going to be part of the South location... Um, a number of you have been part of a church there before. I know Josh even shared about that and some of the, the fears and, and challenges that you've gone through before, and I understand that. But I want to tell you, it's not going to be the same as it was before. This is different. 
And one of the main reasons it's different is the people who are sitting right here. One of our greatest assets, the Thatcher family, we're sending them to you. And so it's going to be different. And we who are here at this building, we're not sending you away. We're with you in this. We'll be praying for you. We know you're going to be praying for us as we go through this. And I just want to encourage you that now, now is the time to ante up. I think it would be so easy to say, well, I'm going to wait until we're in a more permanent location and not in this museum, or I'm going to wait until we've got a full worship band or we've got the drum set out or, or whatever. Don't wait. Now is the time. Ante up. Invite your friends. Reach into those lives. Make disciples. Now is the time. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in Franktown and Parker and the whole south side of town as we cast that net. And here at this location, folks, here we are. And this isn't going to be like it's been here either. We're not just leaving the net in the water. I really feel like we're pulling the net out and we're putting it back in and giving God that opportunity to show us what he's going to do. And I think you've got a choice. You can either be a grump about this or you can really seize the moment. I've been praying about it and thinking about the different groups. And I think about the singles. And man, I am so encouraged at what I see God doing in your midst. I think God is really poised. I really think God is poised to do an amazing work in your lives and in your group. And I think what that's going to take is it's going to take men and women who are going to go after God wholeheartedly. Men and women who are going to fish for souls, who are going to set all the other things and there are all the other cares and relationships and jobs and all these things I understand and I've been there. But when I've seen God work in the midst of singles, it's because men and women have said, I'm going to trust God for all of that and I'm going to reach into people's lives and see disciples made. And that'd be my encouragement to you. And to the families in our church, I think God really wants to bring you success. He wants to bring us, because I'm with you in that, he wants to bring us success with our kids. He wants us to be influential with our neighbors. See, I think it takes dads and moms who will be disciples. You want to have kids who are disciples? You have to be a disciple. There's all kinds of good programs. There's all kinds of good things you can take your kids to and put them in and run with that. But if you want your kids to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And set those programs and set those things aside and bring your kids with you into being a disciple. That's my encouragement to you. That's how I'm going to try to lead us here. And as a church, or all of us, at this location, don't forget, don't forget the story of God bringing us right here to the corner of 33rd and Tejon. He brought us here. He set us here on this corner in this town. And he has a mighty work to do. Are you excited about it? Yeah, me too. I am. I think we're going to see right here and in Franktown and Parker and wherever else, and maybe in the north side or Stapleton, I don't know what he has in store for us, but we're going to see the story of God unfold right before our eyes. And I'm so excited to be part of it. I hope you are too. Um, and that's where we're headed. And that's my heart. I just wanted to share it with you today. Um,
hope you would just continue to pray with us. If you're ready to, to sign up and volunteer, um, bring some tools to, for Rich, that'd be fantastic. I'm going to pray and close our time. Heavenly Father, thank you that you can meet with us. Thank you that you do meet with us, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to live inside of us. God, I think we stand on the brink of something that uh, none of us can even fathom. But God, I pray you would be moving in individual hearts and those who don't know you, that they would be drawn to know you and drawn into a relationship with you. That those who are just growing, they would become disciples. That they would make choices of habits, of prayer and reading the word, fellowship, serving, giving. And that those who are disciples would continue to grow in those things and would be seeking right now to make disciples. God, we know we can't do this by our power. We're doing this by your power, God, and we're following you. We're taking this step of faith. Just as the disciples let down the, the nets again. And God, I don't think we necessarily have been unfruitful in letting nets down before, but you've said, set those things aside and let the nets down here. And so, Lord, that's what we're going to do in faith. And we trust you for the results. We trust you for what you're going to do in our lives and in this church and in the lives of those who don't yet know you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross, rose again as we begin to celebrate that these next two weeks, Lord. Um, We worship you and thank you for the gift of salvation. And in the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Well, again, thank you for coming today. We're so glad you're here. Um, things might look a little bit different here. Some of you won't be here next week. I think it's going to be a really exciting time. So um, go in grace and uh, have a great week. Thank you.